Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with husband, father, teacher, and disciple of Christ, Aaron Gaeb. He founded Leaders of Leaders, unapologetically proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the leader of all leaders. He has also founded two fitness businesses, Innovative Results, and Battle Ropes Education, which he successfully sold. He also successfully led Marines in combat and continues to lead and teach Marines stateside as an infantry instructor and leader in the reserves. He enjoys the challenge and stunning beauty of living in the mountains of North Idaho with his wife and three children. Enjoy this interview. It's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. This is my great pleasure and honor. So before we get into your life and your work, you've had so much that's gone on. I want to begin with what we've all went through, which was the pandemic. How did you get through the last three and a half years and how did it subsequently change you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so because I was born and raised in North Idaho, I had uh, a, a, just a taste for, <clears throat> so Idaho kind of prides itself on it. It's, it's fairly like libertarian approach where it's like, hey, you're going you're gonna to be responsible, the responsible agent for your freedom. Uh, we're not going to try to press in and, and tell you how to do it, which unfortunately and fortunately, whichever way you look at it, right, it can have great... Uh, outcomes and can also have drastic, horrible outcomes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and so, but because of that, um, being in the Marine Corps, uh, Marine Corps reserves at that time, uh, I kind of saw the, the writing on the wall that, you know, things were going to get a little bit different. And I was in California at the time. Well, it basically opened up a conversation to get back to my roots and then, and back to kind of more of a libertarian, um, stance on the whole thing and and process it in our way. And so I dropped out of the Marine Corps reserves, um, became what they call inactive or individual ready reserves. Um, and then we moved to North Idaho. Well, I had family here, so we were, we were great. And basically North Idaho was probably less affected as California. California was drastically affected um, in, in terms of what we could do and, and what we were able to do. The interesting part was though, I had a fitness business that I just got out of a brick and mortar. I sold my brick and mortar gym and I had a fitness business that was uh, education and it was all online. And I didn't know that the pandemic was going to be a thing, right? <laughs> People were like, oh, how you were prophetic. And I was like, no, I just didn't want to deal with the overhead of the brick and mortar. Yeah. So I I shifted and I was like I I can do I can reach more people on this platform. I had a pretty decent following on YouTube, a pretty decent following on Instagram. I can reach more people this way. So in the process of right right prior to the pandemic, I had sold Battle Ropes Education to a company called Living.fit and I was going to scale out their whole business, their whole fitness business model in this online world. Well, and then the pandemic hit and so it was like Bob's your uncle. It was like perfect from a occupational stance. And then we moved to, which allowed me to be remote, which, and we moved to a place where I had as much freedom as one could have during that whole uh, time. And, and so I, I really was way less affected than the average person, I think. And my kids really didn't know any better. Like they didn't know what was really going on. Um, and, and we weren't watching the news, uh, every single moment of every single day. So that also gives you some joy and freedom because you're not afraid of everything. <laughs> yeah. And so that was basically how we were able to, to weather that storm. 
So let's get to the heart and soul of what you do right now, 2024 for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one yep. of the kids is curious and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer yep. that child? Yeah, um, I would say, well, we we all have problems, right, that we encounter. And if it, I believe that if I'm trying to handle my problems on my own merit, typically what sometimes we can come out of them, but most of the time what happens is uh, we find that we are just as problematic as our problems, or a lot of times we are the the reason, the the denominator, the the, the reason for our problems. And um, I was saved May twenty first, two thousand nine. I was lost in nihilism. I didn't believe that anything had meaning, anything had purpose, anything had value. And then I and then I I knew that there was such a thing as good. So to the third grader, like you know that hitting Sally is wrong, or you know Sally, you know hitting you is is wrong. Um, you just know that innately, and th and I knew that innately as well. But why is that a thing? And so that led me ultimately to Christ, and I gave my life to Christ May twenty first, two thousand nine, and realized in churches that people were discipling in pastors, they were discipling in men's ministers and women's ministers, but they were not discipling in Christ. And so I wanted to fill that gap with what I already knew from my fitness side. So I created a digital course that helps people disciple in Christ, not in Aaron, not in the app, not on their phone, not worshiping any of that stuff, but worshiping the only one that's worthy of worship. And um, sort of the rest is history. From that, then, you know, we've created rites of passage, which basically holds parents accountable to being parents to their kids instead of you know, sloughing that off, ab you know, abdicating those responsibilities to schools or to other people. It's like, we have a responsibility. These children were given to us. We have a responsibility to them. Let's live that out. And so a lot of this is that it's that Victor Frankl, you know, if we've been given freedom in Christ, or if we've been given freedom as parents, or if we've been given freedom as a society, it should be you know, on the on the East Coast, there's the Statue of Liberty, but it should be balanced out by a statue of responsibility on the West Coast. And so then that's the app. It's like using all of my um, skills, soft skills and hard skills that I learned from my time in the fitness industry and bringing that to Christ. And so all of it's free. You can go download the app. Uh, you can get on the website. Every every single bit of it is free. It's my way of, of worshiping uh, the one who is worthy of worship and helping to create the moral plumb line that for whatever reason has been found uh, somewhere else laying on the ground, you know, shriveled up in the corner or whatever. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. That's fascinating. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? Uh, it's interesting. So my, my dream was I wanted to be a Marine. I wanted to be yeah. a warrior. Yeah. Right. I wanted to fight the good fight and I wanted to fight for people worthy of fighting. I wanted to slay the dragon and get the girl, you know, yeah, yeah. that's what I wanted. I, I, that was my whole boyhood. So you could yeah. say any age from when I can recollect to when I graduated high school, that was it. Yeah. So how did you get to a point where nihilism was a part of your diet and then you got saved and, and you, you, you're very spiritual and, and, and a disciple of Christ. How did all of those seeds become who you are and to offer this service for free? How do you think those seeds began and grew into who you are today? 
Yeah, that's a, I mean, so just quick snapshots go back to my young youth. I was at like a charismatic church. Then um, we did church shopping because that pastor left. We ended up at a Roman Catholic church, did all of that stuff. But there was, you know, I was going to a public school and there was this, you know, biology thing and the science thing, which back then it was like, oh, those, those don't marry. Those don't belong together. Those have to be somehow separated, yeah. um, which now I see as completely ridiculous. But <laughs> back then I, that was, I took that as real. And so I was in this agnosticism that I didn't like. It was, it was a really uncomfortable place to be at, in my young twenties and late teens when I was in the Marine Corps active duty. So I prayed a prayer to God before I went into combat that he would kill me. And once you're dead, then you either go to heaven or hell or there's nothing. Right. Yeah. And so then there you go. There you have your answer. Mm -hmm. This is the easiest time of any to kill me. I will be literally in firefights, you know, uh, in, uh, I got ambushed multiple times. We were in multiple firefights, you know, all that stuff, but I didn't die. So then it was like, okay, now what? I guess nothing, you know, nothing matters. There is no God. If if God was God, then he would have answered my prayer. He would have answered my question, but he answered by the non-answer, which is a lot of times the answer that we get. Yeah. And the non-answer spun me into this problem where if there is such a thing as morality, well, that can't exist with nihilism. If If we came from nothing, then nothing comes from that. So why do, you know, why is there something rather than nothing? Right. And so all of these questions now I'm wrestling with an even greater fervor because it just doesn't make sense. It's a square peg in a round hole. I can see that morality does matter, right? If somebody is strong and they prey on the weak, that's wrong. There's, there's innately, we know that that is wrong. Why, why is that an innate thing in us? Well, I can say now, God writes that on our hearts. That is why we will then seek for answers. That is why we seek, you know, why is there something rather than nothing? Why do we exist? Why is there good um, and bad? Um, and so then I jumped into a bunch of different spiritual experiences to try to answer the abstract philosophical question that is that. And all of them came up to me found wanting. Like I, I was always one or two or three logical questions away from absurd answers. And then I was like, well, I'll give a last ditch effort at Christianity. Um, and even though I didn't want to do that because I've already done that. And so I, I did the same thing I did with self-realization fellowship or Buddhism or Hinduism. I got the book, I got a spiritual mentor. I attended, you know, whatever class or group or, or setting that I needed to attend. So for me, that was church and then a small group. And then I just aired everything with complete honesty. Like, I think this is stupid. Why do you guys believe that? Why is there sacri this sacrifice thing? That's crazy and dumb. Um, and the more I, I sought to find, the more I found. And it has been an endless journey since then. So who's been a hero for you in your life? Yeah. So obviously Jesus Christ, if I can do dead, uh, dead heroes that are now alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then I've got, you know, there's a bunch of dead authors and alive authors that I follow, but Ian Stevenson was my spiritual mentor. He was the pastor, um, for the, the go, we called it the go ministry where we would go and do short-term missions and long-term missions to help people in other countries and in our own country. And, uh, yeah, he was just so good at, taking the brunt of my questions and then either asking me a better question so I could clarify what it is that I was really seeking to find or giving me an answer that 
that just started to pull the thread, but forced me to go and pull that thread and get more of that robust um, finding. And so Ian Steven is a, is a big one. Obviously my parents instilled with me hard work. I want to honor them in that. Um, there's a lot of other things that maybe they could have done better, but they've given me hard work. And so hard work has turned into wrestling with hard questions and doing the hard work that it takes to ascertain a, a logical understanding. I think logic is almost gone in our society today. Uh, we, nobody knows the nine rules of logical inference. Nobody, nobody knows what the difference is between formal and informal logic. Um, but these things helped us get to where we are at today. Um, and so those, those would be the, the, my parents, um, obviously Jesus Christ, and then um, Ian Stevenson would be the big ones for me. So who who's a favorite author? Who was the author early on in your life that you read that really blew you away, that made you, light bulbs went off, you wanted to read more? Who was that for you? Well, well er, really early on, it was Gary Paulson and all of his like survival books or whatever. And I'm fairly certain I was attracted to him because I had this like weird idea that, uh, you know, ish was going to hit the fan. Everything was going to blow up all this infrastructure, but it was my lack of trust and insecurity that uh, was in the back burner and not realizing that that was happening. Um, so Gary Paulson, when I was uh, uh, younger, um, I would say right now it's, it's probably Doug Wilson would be a big one. C.S. Lewis is another huge one. Um, his mere Christianity, the great divorce though is harder to read, but it's even better. I mean, the ending is just blows. It blows your mind, yeah. um, with the struggles that we all deal with in that, in the, uh, C.S. Le uh, Lewis stories. Yeah. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, one person, who would it be? Who would you love to meet and talk to? Oh, that's alive. Yeah, mm. Ooh, that's a that's a really <laughs> a really good question. It would it would so it if it was, was a couple of years ago, it would have been like Warren Buffett or Dave Ramsey. Yeah, um, because I was really into like stewarding finance as well. Um, and, and the whole, like, man, really your model is, uh, like up here, the tortoise in the hair, the book right above me, uh, which if you're listening, you can't hear or you can't see it, but I collect the tortoise in the hair because it's that slow and steady approach. Um, but probably like right now it would probably be Doug Wilson. I didn't realize that this guy has written like 200 books, yeah. um, and he's still alive and kicking and still pumping out books. Uh, like it's going out of style and his journey is really similar to mine um, with the exception of I fell away for a really long time and yeah. he didn't. And so it's like, man, imagine if, you know, and, and, and this would, you know, imagine if I didn't fall away, maybe I would be further along, but that's not my story. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So <laughs> what, what's your motivation every day? What gets you out of bed? What gets you to want to help people and to evolve as your, your own self? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be the the basic purpose of of a Christian, which is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I think a lot of times that 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 has a bad connotation to it or even a bad denotation. It's like, oh, we're only here for God. But it's like, man, if if we are indeed created and sustained and redeemed by him, what more what more would be satisfying? And it was the first and only time I had ever felt contentment was when I gave my life over, submitted my life to God through Christ. Um, that was the first time I felt contentment and the whole world was caving in on me. I, I lost 75% of my business in the bubble popping 2009. Um, I lost every single female interaction because what I was doing was wrong in accordance with that moral plumb line. 
Um, I had lost my widow's peak. I had a stark widow's peak. I'd lost 30 pounds of muscle. I'd lost everything from a worldly standard that was good, but I felt contentment for the first time in my life. And so from that moment on, it's like my submission to him and then finding new <laughs> cracks and, and uh, uh, facets of areas where I've withheld submission, I've withheld myself, and then feeling the freedom and contentment in submitting that when it's found, in confessing that, in repenting, and, and then in living in him. It has been nothing less than glorious. It has also been an incredible adventure, an adventure where I've had to forgive people that don't deserve forgiveness, yep. right? Uh, look past things that uh, my old me would want to, you know, scrap and fight, literally a physical fist fight. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's been just an incredible adventure. And it's been a, a fight worth fighting. Like I, I truly feel more like a warrior now in this iteration of my life and this season of my life than even when I was actually at war in combat. So let's go back to that old iteration, a younger version, 20 year old yeah. version. You have a dream tonight. You run into that version. You can yeah. give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point. What advice would you give your young version? Yeah, it, it would be this. I know that you're not going to listen to what yeah. I'm going to say right now, That's it. but I'm going to say it anyways, because 10 years from now, you're going to go, man, I wish I would have listened to that guy. And it is to get wise counsel and stop ignoring them, but listen to what they are saying to you, because what they're saying, it's, it's only for your good. It's only for your betterment. It's only to help you be a better man, be a better man of God, be a better husband, be better marriage material, be a better, you know, whatever the case may be, stink and listen to a man because yeah. they know what they're, they know what they're talking about. I just think, you know, back if I would have just listened to even one of the wise counsel, you know, that was in my life at the time, giving me advice, man, I would have kept me from a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of anguish. Um, but I also know that you 20 year old me, you're not going to listen to what I have to say. So you're, you're going to revisit this 10 years from now, 20 years from now and be like, dang, man, yeah. that was right. <laughs> That's the myth of youth, man. Everybody feels yeah. like they got it all figured out. That's right. So of all of the things that you've done and you've evolved through and overcome in your life, what are you the proudest of? I mean, it, it would have to be in my submission that in that I could, I could die to my like ego, my pride, my, the problematic me to, to love a, a wife, even when there's moments where she doesn't deserve love to love her anyway, sacrifice, sacrificial, sacrificially loving her. And then, and then because of her and us being blessed with these amazing children, um, that, that God has given us, um, and, and even wanting more, even in my older age, it's like, Hey, if, if God wants to give us more kids, like let's, let's do this because each one of these kids are incredible value, value, incredibly valuable and just incredible blessings. My life is, has been made so much more robust, so much more of an adventure, so much more incredible. The lows are lower, but the highs are higher, you know, and it's just been amazing. Um, and so, uh, not, I don't know if you can have pride in being humble, right. <laughs> that, that's, that's false humility, maybe. Right, but, right. but if there is anything that like, man, good job for 
submitting, right? Good job for, and it's like the last thing that people would think it's like, oh, good job for submitting. Like typically it's like, don't submit, you know, don't, don't let them know that you're down, you know, all, whatever. But no, that has been the, the most glorious thing. So Aaron, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, um, clients, everybody that you deal with in your life, they see you in a certain light, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Man, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm an imperfect, I'm an imperfect person trying to submit to the will of the only one who is perfect. Um, and, and so then in that though, man, I screw up so much and I, you know, I wish I could go back to old me and have old me beside listen to wise counsel, but have him like, just ask for forgiveness for some of these people that I've done dirty. And some of these, you know, people in my, in my long time past, they knew me as an aggro problematic, like toxic masculine <laughs> dude that, you know, was constantly hurting people to make himself feel better and not feeling any better for it. Um, and, and so, yeah. So now it's like, I understand that probably some people are going to have a, a perception of me that, that I've given them because of the way that I've acted or the way that I've spoken or the way that I've even thought and so had body language towards them. Um, that's just wrong. And, and so I wish I could confess that, but I am a confessing, you know, I'm a confessing Christian now that understands that. And it's like, okay, well, here we are. So uh, yet again, let me just try to submit to you and, and, and know that I'm submitting to you because I'm submitting to the one that is worthy of submission. Not that you're worthy of that, not that you're worthy of, of this forgiveness, but I've been forgiven much. So I'm going to forgive you. And I'm going to also ask for your forgiveness, but I also know that you're your own being, so you cannot forgive me. And, and then here we are, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be this problem in your eye, but, but that's, but that's me. And that's the story that I've, I've now stuck to for shoot since 26 years old. So going on 16 years. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's been glorious. It's been awesome, but it's also, I, it comes with, it comes with hurt for sure. It's amazing. I I'm always just blown away at how people can, can, go from one person to another. Cause I couldn't even imagine you before that. Like when I hear what you're saying and, and what you are now, like it, it's amazing how we as humans can learn. And yeah. it sometimes it, it takes a while, you know, yeah. it, it's why I believe in the exception to the rules. Right. Yeah. Like, right. I understand that the rule is the rule for a reason. This person is probably going to continue to be this person, but that's why I got into fitness. I believe in the exception of the rule. Not everybody's going to stay lazy. Not everybody's going to stay, you know, uh, a sluggard or a, a glutton, right? Yeah. We can, we can, there is exceptions to the rule. We can step out of our habits and build new habits. Yeah. So if anyone wants to get your app, learn more about you, reach out, anything about your world, where can they go? Discipled, past tense, discipled in org for the website or discipled in Christ. If you're looking at it on your Apple or your iPhone, you just look up discipled in Christ. The app is there click it. And then you can easily reach me in there, a uh, message, you know, whatever. I'm uh, very much available, very much engaged in inside of uh, that app. Right on. Aaron, thank you for your story, man. Thanks for your time. Best of luck with everything. Have a great 2024. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you for the opportunity. It was an honor.
Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Yeah.